These are the Keishi Tapes. You Man and Favaz explore the backstories and interviews heard on Keishi, the longest-running rock station in the country. All right, it's time for another Keishi Tapes episode. I'm John Eulett. You can follow me on Twitter at Morning Rock Show. And I'm with my partner, Favaz at Keishi Guy. You're not doing St. STLU Man this week? At STLU Man, I did. You, no, you didn't. You said Casey Morning Rock Show. Oh, man. So so what is what is your official handle on Twitter? At STLU Man. Okay, that's yeah. fine. Or All you right. can also you know follow the Casey Morning Rock Show. Hey, yeah. At, nice at, plug. At Morning Rock Show. You were just show. working in a plug for your damn morning no, show. No, I wasn't really. That's what I've been saying a lot of the opposite of what I wanted to say lately. <laughs> I don't know. I get, in those, uh, I, get in, I get in slumps. All right. Okay, today the artist we are going to... Um, talk to or Flafavaz talked to and the interview that we're going to dissect is the interview you did in 2005 with Roger Waters. The Roger Waters. How about that? Um, First of all, we're doing Roger Waters this week, Nick Mason next week, because in St. Louis, we're going to have the definitive Pink Floyd tribute band, El Monstero, all local guys. It's their 20th anniversary, so we're Mm kind of timing it out for the KC listeners here. But if you live out of town, that's why we're doing Roger, and then next week, Nick Mason. But I must say, getting ready to talk to Roger Waters, I felt extremely dumb. Yeah, because uh, why? Because he's so smart. He's very smart, yes. You know, he's he's always talking about, you know, things in the world, uh, you know, this happening, political stuff. You know, I mean, he's, you know, he's written, you know, The Wall and, yeah. and Dark Side <laughs> Dark of the Moon beside that. But I just remember, uh, you know, when I was asked to, uh, you know, or told actually that I was going to interview him, I was just like, oh my God, what? I'm going to feel like a dumbass talking <laughs> to this guy. Should I mention El Monstero to him? Because yeah. at that time, it was like in the sixth year. So it was just, uh, it was kind of crazy. Yeah. And this is a good connection. It's not on the phone. This He was on satellite, right? On the yeah. Dish. So we did it in the studio. And he, and yeah, instead of him being on the phone, he was on satellite. We, we hooked it up. I really don't remember the hookup. <laughs> per se, you know, because obviously an engineer had to come in and do that. Yeah. And um, yeah, so Roger sounds very clean here. It's, yeah. it's pretty cool. It's about 10 minutes long, 11 minutes long, something like that. Uh, I'm trying to think uh, if I've ever interviewed Roger Waters. It's possible. I, I don't know. I'm at, uh, uh, just like you say, watching the guy from the outside looking in. He's, he's intimidating yeah. because, like you say, he, he's, he's not afraid to take a stand on things. And he's, he's probably not, not going to be afraid to uh, call you out. If right, you, and that's what I was worried about. Yeah, if you, know? you say something. And, so, and, and, and plus, I mean, he was promoting his opera that he wrote. I don't know shit about operas, right. man. I and mean, you probably I don't have any, operas. I was going to say, you don't have any interest in that either. I, I wouldn't either. Not, not that it not, doesn't have its value you know, in the world and everything. and Some people, some, some people love it, but we don't. You know, you, you're talking to Roger Waters. What do you want to talk about? Yeah. Pink Floyd. Right. So I had to pretend. Were there any rules going in? That, uh, I don't think so. I don't yeah. think there were any rules. I don't remember, you know, anything like that. Yeah. The, the only rule that I remember, and we talked about it before, was the John Mellencamp one where I could not, you know, we haven't done my interview yet, but I couldn't ask him about his cigarettes or his heart attacks. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was it. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, uh, later on, after we're finished talking about this, I want to give a really cool St. Louis Roger Waters connection fact. Okay, I'm excited. Yes. All right, John's getting ready to start the sucker up. Okay, it's rolling. And here we go. It's going to start 2005, remember. To speak to you, Roger, how are you today? 
I'm very well, thank you. How's St. Louis? St. Louis is great. St. Louis yeah. is uh, is actually uh, getting ready for the baseball playoffs and things like that. So it's you sound scared. I do. <laughs> God, you say that before every time. Damn it's a it! Very exciting time here. So, um, hey, um, I, the first thing, of course, that we want to talk about today and that I've been talking about is this this uh, thing that you have coming out tomorrow. It's an opera, and it's and, and help me with the pronunciation. And I hate opera. <laughs> this thing that you have. <laughs> is it Sarah? Sarah. Okay. Uh, and this is an yeah. opera that... Uh, you blew it right out of the I, box. I did. Well, that's why I asked him to pronounce it. Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> you have written based on the French Revolution. We've all known from your work. In- uh, okay, so we're not going to talk over this, though, like we did with Lynn Goldschmidt. Oh, but okay. you never know. I, I, you never know. Pink Floyd and things like that, just how technical and your, your lyrics uh, it just isn't three chords and you're out, you know, things like that. How does one become inspired to write, number one, an opera, number two, about the French Revolution? Well, the project was brought to me by some friends of mine in Paris, uh, a, a guy called uh, Etienne Rodagil and his wife, Nadine, and uh, the original libretto. How do just two people walk <laughs> up to Roger Waters and say, here, uh, do this? Maybe they, uh, they drank with them, they smoked with them, I don't know. It was in French, and they asked me if I would set it to music. Um, this is the short version of a very long story i have to say i'm sure <laughs> i i agreed and uh, eventually i achieved that and then and then after uh, sony classical became involved in the project they uh, were at great pains to persuade me to uh, write an english translation and an english version uh which i resisted for a long time but eventually i said okay i'll attempt that and so i, I translated it and wrote an english version and it's sort of, i'm glad i did now because it, Seeing it all in English, it made me realize that I might want to develop the narrative a, a, a bit, uh, which I did. And uh, so it was very much a collaboration between me and the uh, and uh, the couple who uh, who wrote the original. Hopefully that was your only question about the opera. You know, I'm, I'm hoping to. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you I never listened to it. <laughs> and this will be in stores tomorrow, Tuesday, September 27th. But, I mean, it, you must have been really moved by it. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting story. Um, I I knew very little about the French Revolution when I embarked on this journey. Um, I know a lot more about that revolution now, but it's also um, it's exposed a number of kind of fundamental questions for me, uh, which are uh, inherent in the fact that enshrined in the Declaration des Droits de l'Homme, which was. Uh, <laughs> Uh, August the 30th, uh, 1789, and also the Declaration of Independence a couple of years earlier in, in here, um, where there were lots of high... Hey, Roger, get to the good stuff, man. I, I just know Russia's song Bastille Day. That's it. Sounding That's what I know about the revolution. about um, inalienable rights and that all men are created equal and what? so on and so forth. And they believe that in France, too? Wow, they started That's it, I guess. Crap. Yeah. Oh, oh, they started it. I think it. they started it, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to live with that. Though. Yeah, they gave us good food too. You got to remember. And as we know, through the civil rights struggle and so on and so forth, it's taken us a while—two uh, hundred years, in fact—to get from those uh, laudable uh, uh, exclamations of the founding fathers here and the revolutionaries in Paris 
um, to a position where we're even coming close to uh, realizing the ideal of uh, everybody getting a fair crack of the whip, not just internally within our own countries, uh, but certainly globally, you know, where a, a huge proportion of the world's population are disenfranchised, not just by the, the political considerations, but also by the fact that they're dying. Did you bring up the Middle East at any point? I did not bring up the Middle East, but I am dying right here. <laughs> the poor that they're dying. Right. Um, so that's something that, um, you know, we, this Stop generation. Is- I just love to hear me go, right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I feel yes. what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> Which I'm like, come on, man. Let me get to my Pink Floyd stuff. I will probably say this, though, John. You, you were asking about limitations. I think with one of those, it's like you get 10 minutes. Yeah. Something like that. Oh, oh this is. Yeah. So it was probably like, you have 10 minutes with Roger Waters. Yeah, Go. Yeah. You know, yeah. So. Yeah. And you're saying right also as if to agree with him on yes. every point that he's making. Yes, right. Exactly. Right. Oh, <laughs> yes. I was wondering if you're going to bring that up. I'm Ma- glad you did. Ma- you're right. Math C. <laughs> Succeeding generations get the opportunity to redress and to look at. And uh, I think we've also come far enough with the, you know, the way economies are organized now to understand that um, a free market on its own is not the panacea for all ills. And that, um, uh, you know, and that uh, we need to be a little bit more proactive in helping our fellow man. Roger, when you write an opera, how do you approach it? Uh, it sorry, I asked, uh, a, I oh asked another gosh. question about the opera. I am so sorry. <laughs> sorry, podcast All people. Right. All right, let's Here we hope, go. Hopefully it's a quick answer. Yeah, yeah, I'm not hopeful, go. though. And, and, and how long it's did it take you Gold to Schmidt. complete this? Huh? From, it's better than Lynn Goldschmidt. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you got that. But, uh, well, let's see what happens. Well, I worked for a few months back then in 89, and I produced a demo very quickly in, in six weeks, in fact. 30 days of work, I produced two and a half hours of, of demo. And that went eventually to François Mitterrand, who was the president at the time in France, and uh, he endorsed I remember him. I remember that name, too. Yeah. yeah. François Mitterrand. François Mitterrand, yes. as opposed to, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, the guy today? Yeah. Uh, uh, Ma- Macron. Macron. Uh, yes. What's his first Macron. name? I can't think. Is it Pierre? Pierre Macron. Oh, yeah, I think. Fun names to say. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah, part of the bicentennial celebrations in France then. Um and then uh, Nadine Rodegil uh, was very sick. Nadine Rodegil. <laughs> she was very sick. Yes. Very sad. She had leukemia and she died. Oh, jeez. Oh, and sorry. She died. You're making fun uh, of a dead sorry. woman, John. Sorry, Way to sorry. go. Sorry, I didn't know what was going there. All right. Stopped everything. And uh, we shelved it for like six years and did nothing. And then in 95... Should have shelved it for just one more year. We wouldn't have had this interview. We wouldn't have had to put up with this. <laughs> Why didn't she uh, die in sooner? consultation with Etienne, I decided to pick up the cudgel again and and proceed and from then he plays the cudgel i thought he was a bass player what the hell no and i worked with a collaborator, friend of mine called rick wentworth and uh, we started um, to do all the detailed orchestrations and i started to do the translations into english and so on and so forth and it's we haven't been working on it solidly since then, but on and off, a couple of days here and a couple of days there, and then we recorded a little bit, and then I went to Sony and did it. You know, I wonder if he speaks French. 
Well, it sounds like he does because his uh, when he does a French when he mentions the name, I mean he he. <laughs> we're he, we, we we're making like fun we, of it. We, no, we sound like we're, we can be French too the way we're saying right. the names, but that's that right. doesn't mean we do. But to speak it, but like when you're talking to another person who speaks French, like you know it's their native language. It's, it just sounds like the little details in the names, like he really does know how to speak French. And I wouldn't be surprised because the British and French, you know, they, they make fun of one another and stuff like that. But I bet you a lot of the British folk know the French language. Hmm. Just so, so bit by bit. Look that up while we listen to this. All right, I will. Here we go. Bit over the years, it's taken shape and, and now... A, it comes out tomorrow, and B, we do two concert performances in Rome in November, which I'm looking forward to. And hopefully, at some point, somewhere in the future, you know, should I meet the right eccentric billionaire, we could even put on a production. (laughs) Uh, Richard Branson sounds like a good guy, maybe, to hook up with. (laughs) Um, uh, Did it ever become a burden to you to finish this thing? I mean, the creatively and just as, as, you know... what you said, you know, you started working on it. listening to him talk about it, I know that. It was Am a I good question at the time, John. Yeah, it was a, that was a good question. Oh, you're, yeah, you're doing a good job of, uh, of you know. Of pretending like st- I care? St- that's st- what you're saying. Yeah, and staying on point, because that's why he he's doing this interview. But All right, here, here. It's almost half over. we got to get to the good stuff. All right, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> French is the most commonly spoken foreign language in the UK. Oh, very Used good. by 15% of people, followed by just over 1 in 20 who can understand German. So oh, there you go. Are. So they do. All yeah. right, good fact. Yeah, I was right. Did it ever become yeah. a burden? Uh, yeah, I mean, anything that's hard work is burdensome in some way. But on the other hand, the, the rewards of... of Working hard, uh, enormous, and, and there's great joy in hard work. Um, so to bear a burden um, is is not always a bad thing. In fact, I was talking in the background there. I, I, I have no idea. Oh. It's a good thing. We're talking to Roger Waters, and certainly, Roger, your work with... All right, here comes the good stuff. Here Hopefully, comes, here, here we go. Comes, I'm setting it up, baby. <laughs> I, Pink I, Floyd what, with... What? Uh, Wait, I will say, I, I did not ask about a Pink Floyd reunion because yeah. everybody asks it all right, the time. He, right. he has to give the same answer, so I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah. Right, Side and, and The Wall and the lavish concert productions and things like that. This is no stranger to you. I, I wasn't surprised to hear that, that you've you know completed an opera and things like that. But back then, when you were with Floyd and you made all those timely music, all that stuff, did you ever really think that those songs would be staples right now, 30 plus years later? No, I didn't. Um, I I think, you know, that would have been incredibly big-headed to think that back in those days. But you are. I, I, I had no idea. He is big head. Well, he's, he's got can, I, can I tell you something? It's quite I just, an ego, yeah. I just read this a couple weeks ago. Nick Mason did an interview, and Nick Mason will be in town. He's yeah. doing his own thing. He said that Roger, the, the reason that Roger Waters and David Gilmore still to this day, they get along, but, you know, yeah. the Pink Floyd isn't doing some dates. And he said it's because Roger doesn't think much of the guitar player singer. Yeah, you know, and that's what David Gilmore is. He his his emphasis is on the writing and the arranging, which right. he did, right. and so he kind of looks down yeah. on David Gilmore. That is from Nick Mason. Yeah, Nick Mason said he doesn't have respect. Yeah, he said he, didn't, he doesn't think he had respect for How David about that? Gilmore. Right? That's no. crazy. That is yeah. crazy. Well, here we go. But his ego, yeah, I mean, and, and it's got to be his way or the highway. I get that impression. Yes, too. exactly. And, and, and that's the other thing. That's why he was Roger Waters was also pissed that Pink Floyd went on, carried on without him. 
right. and you know the division bell and everything that was successful right. without him, and he didn't like that. Yeah, yeah. at all. But you know, it's a strange thing. Um, a couple of years ago, whenever it was that uh, we re-released Dark Side of the Moon in 5.1, and I, I sat in the studio with James Guthrie, who mixed it, mm-hmm. and uh, and he ran the mix past me, and I had a few comments and a few things to make, but I sat there for that 40 minutes or however long it lasts, and I thought, wow, this is, a, you know, this is... This is good. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, it, it really does hold together. It doesn't seem to have dated at all. No. And, and a lot of the – I was mildly embarrassed, uh, you know, back in 73 by some of the lyrics that I wrote to that thing because they're so um, direct and simple. And um, I get that. I get that. I'll, I'll you know, look at some words some sometimes on some of the songs that are written back there and I go – Right. Is, and I guess any artist can do that. I mean, we we do that here with our jobs. I mean, things right. we'll, we'll talk about on the radio sometime, and I'll listen to a, some. Like tapes you were from, making fun of me, how I sound in yes, the beginning of yes, this. Yes, I make, feel, You know, I, I go feel, back and listen. And I make fun of myself. I, I feel so horrible for <laughs> what I just said to you. But uh, uh, no, I mean, I'll listen to some old tapes, and I'll go, "Oh God, yeah, why did you say that?" Or right, you know. and, and earnest, and but listening to them back now, I just think, "Wow, all of that direct, simple earnest is actually uh, a plus. That's a positive." thing you know it's a good thing and uh, and and also i have to i confess that um you know they are quite eloquent as well you listen to a song like time well a lot of the stuff is i'm I'm proud of it and uh, i'm still kind of amazed that it survived but i think it's okay we all he doesn't sound like a guy with a big head there no he doesn't but but i think he has one yeah yeah he does sound humble about it i mean uh Wow, I mean, put yourself. Try to put yourself in a situation like that where you've you created something out of nothing, mm-hmm. and it became something legendary. Yep, that has also made you very, very wealthy. I mean, there's yes. that aspect of it too. There is. But uh, wow, um, <clears throat> to, to to live with that for for many many years, if you're lucky enough too, because some guys don't, some people right. don't. They die mm-hmm. young. But you know, he's. He's reaping all the benefits of that and, and uh, all the compliments and all the awards over all the years. This guy's a living legend, dude. Yep. And, and you're, you're actually, this interview is, you know, your, your subject matter was kind of difficult. In but the I, beginning. But in the beginning, yeah, because you weren't going to talk to him unless he talked about that. Right. But, right. Uh, you know, I think you're handling it very Thanks. well. I saw you at Live Eight. It was a great reunion. We've heard you say that uh, it was a it was a great thing. And there is, I look at the Eagles when hell freezes over. They reunited for their thing, things like that. I know there's, you know, you're always being asked that, but but I know money is not the issue. What would it take to do more than just one gig? And I'm not even talking about a tour necessarily. But what would it take to bring you guys back just for a little while? I see no reason why that shouldn't happen, given the right circumstances. Some, something else a bit. I, I mean, Live 8 was such a well, worthy... 2005 the, here what, now. What are the circumstances? Come on, Roger. Yeah, I on. have no idea what's about to be said, because I I haven't heard this since 2005. Yeah, and, and nothing's happened since 2005. Right. Uh, no, it hasn't. ...thing, you know, and I really take my hat off to uh, Bob Geldof and to Bono and those people who've been politically active over the last 10 years, uh, uh, specifically... Uh, about bringing third world debt and the possibilities of cancelling it to our attention. And uh, I think they've had a genuine influence uh, on some of our leaders, and I think that's a good thing. So if there was something else in the future that was either political or charitable, um, I think, uh, you know, I'm sure we really, I know I really had a great time. I really enjoyed it. 
it was great to um, be on stage with all of them again, but particularly with you know with Dave too, sure. as as it's well known that you know we had our differences mm-hmm. and that we'd sort of not really been on speaking terms for about twenty years. So to be able to um, bury those hatchets and, um, and well, accept well, that one can have differences of opinion, um, but they, they don't need to turn into the Third World War. You know, in fact, it's really important that they don't. So symbolically for me, it was a, a extremely important moment in my life. Was it all? So that's funny he said that because then, you know, Roger has been doing this wall tour. You know, I don't know if you saw it at all. Yeah, it, I saw it. It, it yeah. was amazing. Yeah, it was fantastic. And he had David Gilmore play on one of them. So I think since that interview in 2005, they have talked, but, but you know, I think they're on better terms now than they were 13 years ago. But to the point where Pink Floyd is going to play again, they're not that. They're not there. No. Awkward at all? No, it wasn't. It wasn't awkward. I mean, we had our first meeting in a in a kind of suite upstairs in the Connaught Hotel, and we discussed which songs to play. But and um, it was fine. It was it was absolutely fine. It wasn't a problem. You know, there are Pink Floyd tribute bands out there. I'm sure you're aware of the Australian Pink Floyd that pretty much has David's stamp of approval. And yeah, we, I've never I've never heard any of them, but I know they're out there. Yeah, we do one every year. That actually, this will be the seventh year that Casey oh, here in St. Louis has done. I am bringing it up. Yeah, How about that? You had doubt. I thought I did. Yeah, I don't know. Local musicians, and it's well, I brought it up to Nick Mason, and uh, he he was saying. Hey, fantastic. Good. Go for it. More the merrier. I can't wait to hear that. Quite, quite good. And it it happens at a uh, venue here that holds about 2,000 people. And Roger, every year, uh, we sell out three nights, 6,000 people. Uh, They go right through Dark (laughs) Side of the Moon, do much of the wall. Mainly, it's it's compared to Australian Floyd, which I think uh, covers David's um, contributions. This one certainly does yours. uh, You ever looking for a band band to put your stamp of approval on anything like that? You ever well, thought of anything like you that? Know, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that they do that. It's obviously a great tribute and more power to them, I think. It sounds terrific. Uh, Roger Waters, thank you very much. And uh, I, I want you to... You know, you know, he didn't say much, but... Just that whole thing about, you know, uh, copyright material and uh, uh, intellectual property protection. Mm-hmm. You'd think that these bands would not appreciate somebody going around playing their music and making money off of their music without them getting right, a cut. Some, uh, some of the money. Right. Do you know, do the guys in El Monstero pay any? Nope. Any kind of royalties? Does it, no. Do, 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 so. I mean, the pageant has to pay royalties because they have live music there and they yeah. have to pay, you know, to BMI or, or stuff like that. But, uh, but none no, of these tribute I'm, bands I'm, have I'm, to pay any kind of royalties I'm, to these artists. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean that's crazy. You think I mean, that you they... can perform anybody's music as long as the venue, I believe, is paying you know what oh, they're supposed okay. to pay. So the venue sure. pays and then Yes, the venue pays, but you know they don't pay Pink Floyd specifically. You know they they have to if if you're a live venue, you have to, you know, just much like radio stations, you know, yeah. we play people's music, uh, you know, right. artist music. Well, we Back pay. in the day, you remember the BMI, you know, we, we pay. We, yeah, we pay. V- venues pay. Venues pay, but the artists doing the music I guess I guess the what the venues pay is in, included in the ticket price. Well, I guess I guess, and, and, I'm, and I'm assuming that you know the with their copyrights and all that that are, you know, that the bands have the big bands the, the artists have. That's how they you know they get their their cut eventually. Yeah, you know, I guess uh, tribute bands couldn't go the next step, and that's record that music and sell it on. 
no way yeah, they could not they could, do that. Yeah. that no way. Would, that probably would cross the line. <laughs> yes, that, that would. But I would have thought what they're already doing might have crossed the line, and it didn't. So why don't they try? Oh No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Okay, let's get nope. back to the interview. I think you're wrapping I it up. I think we're wrapping it up. Pronounce the name of your opera again, because you say it so much uh, better than I do. <laughs> yeah, the opera is called Saira. It's spelled C-A-I-R-A. Saira. Hold on. Exactly. And it's, uh, it's going to be in stores tomorrow. Full opera on two hybrid SACDs, uh, DVD, 60-page, four-color uh, booklet. It's uh, just uh, going to be amazing. Roger, uh, congratulations on that. And uh, we hope to see you maybe, if not necessarily in Floyd, you come to, to uh, America and, and do your own thing like you did a few years ago. I think I've probably got one more big tour in me. Right on. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, you, Roger. All right. Hey, thanks. Bye. Okay. Bye. Well, he's had more than one. He's had a couple. He's had a few now. Yeah. 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 Well, there you go. Good Roger interview. Waters. Yeah. What, what were you going to say about his St. Louis uh, thing or whatever? About a St. Louis connection to yeah. Roger Waters? Yes. Uh, there's a St. Louis in that played on a Roger Waters solo album, the, the pros and cons of uh, hitchhiking? hitchhiking. Yes. Mm-hmm. David Sanborn plays saxophone. He does. On that album. Yes, yeah. and he, is, he played with David Letterman's band. Well, he's played yeah. with everybody, yeah. I have a feeling. But da- uh, yeah, that's cool. David Sanborn, legendary. Boy, the Roger Wa- I'll, I'll never forget that Roger Waters concert at uh, Enterprise. Yeah, you know, I was, you know, years ago, eight, eight, nine years ago. Right, it right. was absolutely amazing. It felt like I remember saying that it felt like an old concert, like an old school concert, because people were actually using their lighters instead of their phones. Yeah, and it was, um, you know, the music couldn't be beat, but it was, it was the building of the wall. Yes, and everything. And I've always wanted to see that, and yeah. it was just God, it, it was it, just it so was good, right on the money. Yeah, uh, up to that point, I had you know some other concerts that I considered the, my favorites of all time. When that when I went to that show and mm-hmm. it was over with, that became my favorite. Yeah, yeah. and I, and I just saw him uh, last year, not in 2017. He was here in May, and that show was totally different from the Wall Show, and and that one was just you know the spectacle of it is is one thing, and his music and his singing is another. Uh, he just I, to, to me, it's like can't do anything wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except no. maybe write this opera that I can't pronounce. Yeah, and he's been out of Pink Floyd since the mid 80s. Yeah. That's incredible to A think that time. many years have gone by. Yep. That they have been able to somehow uh, put that thing back together and, and just you know, like you say, do something on a on a major level as opposed to the one off shows that they've done. We were know? talking about that with the Jimmy Page interview about what's what's preventing Jimmy Page and Robert Plant from doing Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing here. Yeah. It's Roger Waters and David Gilmore. If those two said yes, Nick Mason would be like, okay, where do I go? Yeah. You know? And, I'll be there. and the huge opportunity that they're passing up because of whatever the issues are, it's yeah. just mind-boggling. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, next week, you're Nick Mason. Yeah. Which well, one is it? Well, I got You've two got of two. them. You've got two. I know. got two of them. So, are you going to do the older one or the uh, newer one? Which one do you want to do? I don't know. <laughs> Probably the older one. All right. This is a high-level podcast meeting that we're having right now. People can hear. All right, so we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd say maybe maybe the most recent one since, you know, since, since he's going to be here he's gonna be in here March here. of 2019. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'll tell you what I need to do. Let's check right. and see what the reason was for the first interview. Okay. Because if, it's, it's if he's doing an opera, we'll... Uh, we'll <laughs> Won't do you it. Suck. <laughs> hey, good job, man. I appreciate All right, thank it. Thank you. Yes. Uh, I'll talk to you next time. Until then. Merry I'm, Christmas, everybody. Yeah, Merry Christmas. I'm John Eulett. You can follow me on Twitter at STLU Man. Favaz Casey Guy. Adios, Adios my friend. You're bad. 
KC Tapes with you, man, and Favaz. For more on the history of KC, go to KC95.com or the KC mobile app.